Operational Security, or OPSEC, has had a renewed focus recently, given the Secretary of Defense's mandated OPSEC training for all Department of Defense employees. Welcome back for another episode of the Air Force Lifecycle Management Center's Leadership Log Podcast. A few episodes ago, episode 17 if you want to go check it out, we talked about the importance of protecting critical information and the new DOD CUI standard for marking and safeguarding other than classified information. In this episode, we have a conversation with Sean Crone to dig a little deeper into information protection. Sean is the Industrial Security Lead and an OPSEC Signature Manager for the Air Force Lifecycle Management Center. During our discussion, he defines operational security for us in both textbook terms and in terms we can understand and apply in our day-to-day lives. He then explains why it's critically important to safeguard our other-than-classified information, and he provides us with some insights on potential vulnerabilities we might not consider as we go about our daily lives. Let's hear from Sean. Welcome to Leadership's Log, which is a podcast for the Air Force Lifecycle Management Center community on topics of interest, and certainly a topic of interest across the Air Force, across all of DOD right now, is OPSEC. So we're here to speak today with uh, Sean Crone. He's going to educate us about OPSEC and some of the things that we need to be aware of. So, sir, if you could just uh, introduce yourself first off and uh, give us a little background on you. Sure, absolutely. Thank you for having me this morning. Uh, so my name is Sean Crone. Um, I am the um, Industrial Security Lead for the Lifecycle Management Center, and I'm also one of the OPSEC signature managers for the Lifecycle Management Center. Uh, I've been doing this job now for a little over four years and on the government service. I've been contractor previously, and then before that, I actually did seven years in, in the Navy. So I'm a little outsider here. I'm not part of the Air Force. I, I was uh, originally part of the Navy, but uh, all in all, you know, we're, we're all fighting for the same mission, no matter what branch we're, we're serving. So like I have been doing this uh, for about four years, and then um, OPSEC has become a big thing right now currently, especially with the SECDEF memo that came down recently and requiring everybody to do some OPSEC training so everybody can refresh themselves on exactly what needs to be done and, and you know, things that are possibly potentially getting out there into open source networks that shouldn't be released type of information. Uh, so let's start kind of at the beginning, you know, and sometimes we throw around terms so frequently that people lose sight of what they actually mean. So let's talk off just kind of with the definition of what is OPSEC um, in terms that we can all understand. Sure. So first, I'll give you the textbook definition that we've all probably seen, which is OPSEC is operation security is an information related capability that preserves friendly essential secrecy by identifying, controlling and protecting critical information and indicators that would allow our adversaries or potential adversaries to identify and exploit friendly vulnerabilities leading to interest and increased risk to potential mission failure. So basically to break that down, we do a pretty good job protecting our classified information. It's that uncontrolled unclassified information, that CUI or FOUO or PII type of information that gets out in the open. And this is the type of information that isn't being protected necessarily to the extent as classified information is. And this is the type of information that is being sent out to individuals that ultimately don't have a need to know that information or don't have a need to know uh, in order to, you know, in order for them to know that information. So in other words, they're, they're receiving information or we're sending out information to our adversaries that, you know, could be mission failure or detrimental to the mission, or could it even be vulnerable for the potential individuals or employees that might be working on a 
specific project or plan or, or whatever they may be working on. And it can be detrimental to them as well because our adversaries use this type of information. Like I said, it's mostly controlled unclassified information, CUI, FOUO, unclassified type of information that they use. And they gain access to this type of information. They can um, generate a broader picture whatever, without ever even having to have that uh, classified information. So that way they can piece together all the puzzle pieces make a big picture with all that unclassified information, they can get together and they can finally realize the whole scope of our program or our platform without ever receiving anything classified because they just gather little pieces of unclassified information a little bit here and there and then they build that big broad overall picture and they can get a general overview of exactly what we're doing and what the mission is that we're trying to protect. So it's that ability to kind of piece together what seems to be harmless pieces of information um, but turn it into something that could be potentially really damaging, that's, that's, that's why we really need to be aware of OPSEC? Exactly, absolutely. So like I said, it's that controlled unclassified information or that information that, you know, uh, we're all like open books. We wanna post exactly, you know, what we're working on on social media, work projects we're working on. And, you know, adversaries use that type of information and they can build off of that information. They can never, like I said, never even have to get any classified. They can build off of that and they know exactly what specific projects the Air Force might be working on or platforms or or where we might have individuals in theater or in other countries or you know where our base locations are. That's type of information that you don't want to get out to the general public for general knowledge because that's information that should be held close-knit circles within the individuals of your group that have a specific need to know that type of information. Mm -hmm. So talk us through some examples of critical information and how some items that, um, that otherwise seem harmless could be collectively damaging. Okay, so for example, some types of critical information might be engineering information, could be the schematic lines, uh, HVAC systems, you know, we don't want our adversaries to know our schematics or HVAC systems or our power grids, uh, you know, that's just some of the bigger, broader things right there, but also uh, PII, personally identifiable information. We don't want our adversaries or individuals that don't have any need to know of that to have that information as well. So we don't want them to know, you know, if you piece all that information together with an individual social security number and birth date and location and their employment, you can probably pretty much figure out what that individual might be doing or what they might be potentially working on for the Air Force or other even organizations as well. Um, you know logistics or operations, different things that could be mission essential, medical, as well as, you know, other types of critical information. We all get those base maps, you know, that type of information you don't want our, you know, individuals that don't have a need to know that information to know. So they can see on that base map on where specific buildings are on the base and they may be able to piece together a puzzle and know what type of information or what is being done potentially in that facility. So, you know, that's type of information that, you know, we don't want individuals to know that don't have a need to know, especially base operations or uh, training events or even overseas base operations. We don't want them to know what we're doing in theater and what our mission is, why we're there, because that could potentially give our adversaries a heads up and a lead into potential things that may be coming along down the road would give them a heads up and then that they would know where they could possibly infiltrate those systems and look at for those vulnerabilities to infiltrate those systems and to gain access into our information as well. 
So uh, I think in most organizations, you've got a unit security manager who's probably identified those critical information items um, and, and has them listed for everybody in the organization to review. Uh, but my, I'm asking, is it, is it the individuals, they shouldn't accept that list at face value and say, well, those are the only things that I need to protect. I mean, there's, you also need to have some responsibility to look at the organization and, and protect other uh, bits of information as well. Is that correct? That is correct. Yes, absolutely. So, so with that, you know, mo most units will have what's called a critical information and indicators list. And that's basically your broad list that your, your unit is telling you that this is specific type of information that we want you to protect. And if this information gets out or is leaked, it could be mission, you know, it could cause mission failure types of information like that. But as, as you're alerting to earlier, there's not everything is going to go on that list because you just can't obviously put everything most of it comes down to common sense. You know, what should you be putting out in their public uh, open spaces? What should you not be putting out there in open public spaces? Uh, for example, what should we be posting on Facebook or Twitter or any other social media accounts? Uh, you know, we, we need to leave that type of information at work and not be posting exactly what we're doing for different projects or plans or, or things like that. Or, or, you know, as I was saying earlier, schematics or or, or where our SCIFs are, our sensitive compartment information, or our SAPF facilities are located. That type of information that you don't want leaked out to the general public that doesn't have any to know and then doesn't have a knowledge or, or uh, need an awareness of that type of information. So you basically, OPSEC is basically that type of information that you want to protect that's not always necessarily classified information, but it's information that, like I said, can be detrimental to a mission can even be detrimental to individuals uh, with vulnerabilities as well, because if they can exploit a specific individual, then they can gain access into other areas where they may need to be able to get that type of information. So there's a lot of bad actors in the world right now. Uh, what are some ways that they use to try and get this information from us? So there, there's various ways. Um, as I alluded to earlier, there's, you know, social media we're all on that social media site whether it be twitter facebook whatever social media your platform that you're using they use those platforms and they infiltrate those specific types of platforms and they gain information on specific individuals so for example if an individual is out there bragging on facebook that they are working on a certain project for the united states air force or other government entity they look for that type of information they use it as key types of information uh, also, ways that you can do it is encrypted emails. You know, if we're sending out emails that are that have sensitive information, it should be encrypted. Uh, for official use only was used to be the keyword. Now the buzzword is CUI, controlled unclassified information. If we're sending that type of information out and it's not unencrypted, it could be most likely being uh, sent into the hands of somebody else that doesn't have a need to know that information, or unsecured phone calls, or even. Uh, the, the age that we're living in now with this whole COVID thing and most people are, are teleworking, be mindful of what we're, what we're saying on these, these platforms, whether it be like CVR Teams or Zoom or uh, any other platform that we may be using for meetings now, we just need to be mindful of what we're discussing on those meetings so that way we're not potentially exposing information that individuals can get uh, or get, get into that information. Because 
you know, there's been cases, and I and, and I've read a few cases where there's been people who have infiltrated Zoom accounts or Teams accounts, and so they're they may be in there and we're in the background, and you just don't know because they have a way to hide it in that sense. Or uh, another way is uh, is dumpster divers. You know, uh, we're all quick to throw that white paper that we have into the trash can, but ultimately, you know, if that white paper has sensitive information or critical information there's individuals that go dumpster diving and they look for that type of information. And like I said earlier, they gather that information, piece it all together, and they can get a whole big broad picture and overview of the project or plans or whatever it is that we may be working on. So, you know, types of information like that needs to be shredded and improved shredder. That way we know it's not going to get into the wrong hands and to those individuals that don't have a need to know of that type of information. So, uh you know, I, I think it's pretty common. You hear stories all the time nowadays of people making a searching for an item on Google and then they suddenly start getting inundated with ads for similar types of devices. Or um, I, I heard of an individual who took a selfie of themselves in a town and, and within mo moments they got an advertisement from a store down the block from where they were at because somebody had discerned that they were in that general location near that store. Um, and so, I mean, those are kind of a more personal types of things, but it's, it just lets you know that people are, people are out there listening to your information and they're trying to get information because there's value in that. Mm -hmm. so, so, so what are some other ways that we can use to try and thwart their efforts to, to get this information? So, you know, strong passwords into some of our accounts um, that can help uh, you know not posting information that could be detrimental uh, posting you know be careful be careful especially what you're posting you know on these social media websites uh, if you're out there in, in public you know if you're out there uh, having lunch with a coworker, just be mindful if you're talking shop out there in, in public while you're eating lunch or, or dinner or whatever it may be be mindful that just because we may not think about it, there's individuals that are around us all times that are, are listening to us, uh, what we may be saying. And we may not uh, think that what we're saying is harmful or can do harm, but like I was saying earlier, if that individual is getting information from me and now I'm saying it at the cafe while I'm eating lunch with my coworker and then they just sit there all day and they know the, the lunch routine and then they see some other people coming in, they're talking something similar, well, they're gathering information. They're gathering all those pieces of information. Uh, like I said, protect what you're saying. Uh, protect your conversations. Protect your media. Uh, be mindful of what you're posting. Um, you know, there's been incidences where individuals have gone to conferences or training events or, or whatever it may be, and individuals trolled their Facebook pages before they came and they knew that the individual was going to a training event or a conference. And once they got there, you know, they try and strike up conversation with that in individual in the hotel lobby or in the, the restaurant of the, the hotel or wherever it may be to strike up a conversation to be able to get in, get additional information from the individual of what they may possibly potentially be working on. They may use like, oh, I, I noticed that you're a such and such a sports fan or whatever just to start gaining that little bit of trust with you so that way they can dig deeper and deeper. And then once you get comfortable with that individual, you start divulging a little bit more information that they possibly don't need to know at that time. Or because they, 
they aren't working on that project or plan, you just want to talk with them and you're divulging things that they probably don't need to know. Just be mindful what you're, what you're saying and, and posting. Strong passwords, encryption, things like that, and sort of help thwart the enemy. You know, no, nothing will ever be 100%, but those are, you know, things that we can help to do on a daily basis to move in the right direction. Uh, so you've mentioned uh, CUI, the Controlled Unclassified Information category, a few times. That's the new category that's come along. It's replacing FOUO. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay. Um, and so how, how does CUI then relate to OPSEC? So how CUI relates to OPSEC, if you remember what I was talking about earlier, the critical information. So your critical information and basically your critical information and indicators list. And this is actually identified through the OPSEC process. There's a five-step process that identifies the various things, uh, in, you know, entailing vulnerabilities and critical threats and types of things like that. So that's all built into the OPSEC process. And that's basically how you build that, that SIL. It's called a critical information and indicators list. So it all kind of works together with CUI because OPSEC actually falls into the category of CUI and how to protect it. Uh, you know, sensitive information, PII, HIPAA type of information, all that type of information needs to be protected in a certain way. And that's where OPSEC comes in, where, you know, as I was saying earlier, that's type of information that you don't want leaked out to the general public or that you don't want individuals that don't have that need to know to be able to gain access to that information. So just like for official use only, you, you protect CUI, controlled unclassified information only, the same way as FOUO. And, all that falls under the same caveat or falls under OPSEC as well. So we often hear people talk about unauthorized disclosures. What, what exactly does that mean? So an unauthorized disclosure, whether it be physically or verbally, where you're talking or physically giving somebody a piece of paper or document or whatever it is, and you're giving it to an individual that doesn't have a need to know or have authorized access to have access to that type of information. For example, you're giving them information on a project or plan that that individual isn't working on that project or plan, then you're giving them what's called an unauthorized uh, disclosure. It means you're giving them information that they don't have a need to know and they're unauthorized to receive that information because they're not working on the current project or plan. And if they're not working on that project or plan, then they don't have any need to know that type of information. Okay. Um so I want to talk about some real world examples. So I, like most other people, recently finished my OPSEC training dutifully. Um, <laughs> and one of the things that always relates to me is when they use some real world examples to help uh, kind of uh, better get my head around. Uh, so I, I took note that uh, one was the, you know, the, the Manning um, uh, situation where he brought in a CD, a rewritable CD that was marked for, that it had music from Lady Gaga in it. And then he went in and he rewrote it to steal, steal a lot of uh, classified and, and sensitive information. And so, um, you know, you hear stories like that and then it, it makes it a little bit easier to understand why, why we're not allowed to introduce, you know, outside materials into your computers or why you can't plug USB things in and, you know, different, different stuff like that. It, it helps you relate it a little bit better. Um, I also heard about the example of 
um, some airmen who were deployed and they were using that, um, I think it's called Strava. It's an app that charts your running that, uh, you know, so that you can, it's like a fitness tracking app, you know? Right. And, but it was mapping their routes where they were running. And since they were running around the base perimeter, it was outlining to anybody who logged onto that app, the perimeter of the base, which is not information you want to share. So let's, let's talk about some examples like that uh, to help people relate. Sure. So those are some prime examples of what you're talking about. Or uh, one of the most known ones that we all know recently is Snowden. You know how he got caught uh, transferring information as well. I think most of his was classified information, but but regardless, classified or unclassified information doesn't doesn't really matter. You know, you're leaking information that doesn't need to be leaked. Uh, some uh, prime examples I can think of. I was actually at an OPSEC course one time, and they were telling us. You know, we all take our cell phones for granted. And, you know, when you go to the airport and you plug them into the charging port there on the airport thing and you're using the USB port, uh, there was an individual that came in and he actually said that there are people who are being hacked on their cell phones just by plugging it into those USB ports because what's happening is you're plugging it in and ultimately it's transferring data because you're doing that. An individual and access to people's bank accounts and other uh, information. If you have, you know, your work cell phone or BlackBerry and you're plugging that into those types of um, receptacles, you need to be mindful that, you know, anytime you're plugging in a USB into anything, it's transferring data, whether you realize it or not. So that was uh, one example right there. And another one was they, they brought up some good information where I was talking about Facebook posting and all that. They actually use a, uh, an individual, a student in class. And they, this individual, they said, I bet you I can find out all this information on you without ever having to get that information directly from you. And, you know, the student was like, no, there's no way. They immediately got the individual's Facebook account, started searching this individual, knew that this individual liked a certain sports team, liked the uh, certain things, had pictures of their family, had pictures of, you know, weddings, uh, various items like that and they were able to piece together a whole big puzzle and they actually found out what this individual was working on and the types of information that this individual was working on because we all want to boast and brag about things that we're doing so they use that information to their advantage and they were able to know oh hey you you you're working on this such and such a project uh, within the air force aren't you and you know the individual was like oh yeah another example it goes back to the dumpster diving. So this was back in my, my Navy days when I was on the Navy side. And I was government on the Navy side and we did this project where we wanted to see, this is back when you know we used to have those white paper receptacle bins that were by our desk that you could throw white paper into. So we wanted to do a little project to see where all that white paper and, and things were going. So what we found was all that information was actually being put into what's called triwalls, which are basically like big boxes on a pallet. Thousands of papers and documents are just thrown into these triwalls and documents. So what we did is we actually went there and we did a little dumpster diving of our own. And we didn't have to dig very deep and we found some information that was marked CUI, FOUO type of information. We found sensitive information. We found PII information, all this within just going down a few inches of some of these piles of paper. So we're thinking, okay, so where does all the paper go? Well, funny enough, it's actually sold to the highest bidder. And during this time, it was loaded onto a barge and the highest bidder was China. So China, 
happens to have been getting all this PII, FOUO, CUI type of information because we would just, you know, throw it into that little white uh, paper box and then that would be emptied later and then sold to the highest bidder. And who knows how much of that information is now out there that they have because that's what we're doing. So once we uh, did that and made the base commander aware and our other commanders aware, they went to an all shred policy where any paper, no matter what it was, had to be shredded because of that variance and because they didn't even know that that type of information was being sold to the highest bidder. So goes back to your examples where, you know, individuals bringing in electronic media devices and plugging it into their computers and downloading that type of information. The, the era that we live in, we live in a technological era where you can get that information very easily just by plugging something in or, or copying information to a CD and then passing it along. You know, you really, I mean, you, you can't necessarily be paranoid, but you've really got to kind of have your sense about you when you're, when you're looking at these situations to, to make sure, because it's pretty easy to do something silly in, in retrospect, isn't it? It is. It is. You talk about just charging your phone in, a, in an airport terminal, you know, I mean, and, and imagine again, you, you know, I think about all the information I've gotten safe in my cell phone. It's, you know, volumes of stuff. And no, mm -hmm. I wouldn't want that disclosed to anybody, you know, that would be uh, potentially damaging. So, um, yeah, so it's, it really kind of makes you think about stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so if, if a person thinks that they may have um, information that was disclosed or they suspect that something was inadvertently revealed, uh, what, what steps should you take um, to alert somebody? Okay, so the first thing they should do is they should, uh, you know, secure that information uh, first. Uh, and then once they do, then they need to alert, you know, either their, their security manager, their local security manager, their OPSEC coordinators. Usually most units have an OPSEC coordinator. And then what we tell individuals that, you know, if you still can't get any traction, then, then uh, elevate it up to us. Because like I said, at the, the center level, I'm actually one of the OPSEC signature managers. I have a backup who backs me up. And then if we need to take it up further, we'll take it up to the MAGCOM OPSEC level as well. So that way we can make sure that that type of information is protected and is not getting into the wrong hands or unauthorized disclosure, uh, for example, th those individuals that don't have a need to know the information received it anyway. So we just need to be mindful of that. Okay. And, and really it's a, um, you've just got to be more safe than sorry. If you suspect something's wrong, you really need to talk to somebody in charge, correct? Absolutely, yes. Okay, all right. Uh, so, sir, that's, that brings us pretty much to our close here. Um, is there anything that we missed, anything that you'd like to add in? No, I, I think we cover it all pretty much, and like I said, everybody should have been receiving the new OPSEC training uh, recently. There was four modules, and it went into a little bit more of just OPSEC. It talked about insider threat as well, so you know, we just need to be mindful of what we're posting, what we're saying. And just remember, it's not always that classified information that our adversaries are looking for. It can be that controlled unclassified information, FOUO or PII, that they are, are wanting in order to, you know, generate that big broader picture of our mission. Well, sir, thanks very much. I appreciate it. Uh, you really kind of brought a lot of light to a topic that we talk about a lot and we really need to think about a little bit more. So thanks for joining us today. Sure, absolutely. Thank you.
Thanks again for joining us for another episode of the Air Force Life Soccer Management Center Leadership Log Podcast. We hope you have a better understanding of the importance of operational security and safeguarding our important information. If you haven't already done so, then please consider subscribing to the series and don't forget to follow and like us on our social media platforms. You can also see a video version of this and all of our episodes on our YouTube channel. For more information on all things Air Force Life Soccer Management Center related, please visit and bookmark our website at www.aflcmc.af.mil. If you have an idea for a future episode on a topic that would interest the Life Soccer Management Center family, shoot us an email at aflcmc.pa.mediateam at us.af.mil. Until next time, stay strong, stay safe, and keep providing what warfighters need when they need it.